It has been 11 days, Stephen. 11 days. Gee, no kidding. Good God. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Not yet. And I'm I'll get down the stairs. Now, maybe a little. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in From the Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU in Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM and in Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day, well, at least five days a week on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn. GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth each and every day of the week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, still, maybe, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us once again for another far too thrilling action-packed adventure. Actually, action-packed national emergency, I would call it at this point. Uh, there is a lot going on today. Uh, as That's an understatement. We'll be talking about Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee shortly, sort of, and much more. And I'll also be interested in hearing from you about it. Our phone number is 818-985-5735 if I can uh, get to the phones as time allows. And I really hope that it does because I want to hear from you. Um, about how Dems, how Democrats should respond uh, to this uh, nomination to the stolen Supreme Court. Desi Doyen will also be here a little bit later with the latest Green News report. Yep, I'm here. Hi, Des. Hey. Uh, Buckle up. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, so she'll be back. You'll be back with the uh, with the Green News report. Uh, as both Donald Trump and the Republican Congress move with absolute lightning speed to gut decades of environmental regulations. Is that a fair characterization, Des? Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Definitely. I am nothing if not fair. <laughs> uh, that, of course, even as the state of California out here pushes back and moves forward with big and important environmental initiatives in response... Uh, but since there's so much going on, so much noise today and every day of late, uh, stories like like this uh, tend to get lost in all of the ongoing madness. So I want to put this right up front here uh, for the moment. The Army Corps of Engineers was ordered to allow construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline to proceed under a disputed Missouri River crossing, according to North Dakota Senator John Hoven. 
uh, on Tuesday. That's from AP. The Standing Rock Sioux tribe, whose opposition to the project attracted thousands of supporters from around the country to North Dakota, immediately vowed again to go to court to stop it. Senator Hoven announced late Tuesday that the acting secretary of the Army, Robert Speer, had directed the Army Corps of Engineers to proceed with an easement necessary to complete the pipeline. Hoven said uh, he also spoke with Vice President Mike Pence just a week after Donald Trump signed an executive order signaling his support for the project. Hoven spoke, uh, spokesman Don Canton says that Spears' move means the easement, quote, isn't quite issued yet, but they plan to approve it within days. Within days. The crossing under Lake Oahe, a wide section of the Missouri River in, uh, in southern North Dakota, is the final big chunk of work on, on the four-state $3.8 billion pipeline that will carry North Dakota oil through South Dakota and Iowa, down to Illinois. Trump called on the Army Corps of Engineers uh, just four days after being inaugurated, called on them to reconsider their December decision to withhold permission until a broader environmental study is done on the crossing. That study, which was launched two days before Obama left office, could take up to two years to complete. But they ain't waiting Energy Transfer Partners, the Dallas-based company who owns the pipeline, uh, appears to be uh, poised to begin drilling under the lake immediately. Workers have already drilled entry and exit holes for the Oahe Crossing, and the company has put in the oil pipeline leading up to the lake in anticipation of finishing the project. The oil is already in the pipeline, according to the vice president of the company in court documents filed earlier uh, earlier this month or actually in uh, in January. The pipeline has been the target, of course, of protests led by the Standing Rock Sioux, whose reservation lies near the pipeline's route and who have argued that it's a threat to their water. The tribe has vowed to challenge any granting of the easement in court. And Chairman David Archambault, who was uh, on this show some months ago, uh, he renewed that vow uh, on Tuesday night saying, quote, if it doesn't become a done deal in the next few days, we'll take it to the judicial. If it does, I'm sorry, if it does become a done deal in the next few days, we'll take it to the judicial system. Archambault added, this is a good indicator of what this country is going to be up against in the next four years. So America has to brace itself. Indeed. Of course, uh, what uh, Archambault is talking about there depends on there being a judicial system for them to go to in the first place and... uh, uh, a judicial system, fair courts for uh, for him and the Standing Rock Sioux to go to for justice, which brings me to where we left off at the end of yesterday's broadcast. If you didn't hear it, I was I was reporting on the Democratic boycott in the U.S. Senate Finance Committee, where Democrats were boycotting uh, the, the committee, the committee meeting to disallow a vote on two of Trump's nominees, Congressman Tom Price for Health and Human Services uh, and Steve Mnuchin. For uh, Treasury Secretary, in both cases, both men have been accused of financial impropriety and of lying about it and or misleading the Senate about those cases. In Price's case, concerns about using insider information to invest some three hundred thousand dollars in healthcare companies for whom he was working on legislation at the same time. 
and he also received special t- uh, stock prices. Uh, allegedly, uh, from one of the companies. In Mnuchin's case, there's concerns about uh, foreclosure fraud committed by his bank, One West, and some $100,000 in assets that he that he failed to form the Senate about entirely. So Dems were, were forcing a boycott, were boycotting the Finance Committee hearing to in order to stall a vote on the nominations of these two men, uh, Congressman Price and Steve Mnuchin at least until they receive more information from the two nominees without uh, but without at least one Democratic member on, uh, present on the committee, however, that would stall any votes by the committee, by the finance committee. At least according to the committee's longstanding rules, the committee could not hold a vote on those nominations so long as no Democrats showed up. They couldn't hold a vote on anything else for that matter. Here's how uh, Republican Chair Senator Orrin Hatch of Utah responded yesterday when the Democratic boycott uh, was going on and they were refusing to attend the hearing and succeeded in holding off the committee votes on both Price and Mnuchin. I'm really disappointed that uh, my, my friends on the other side, uh, our Democrats on the other side, are deliberately boycotting this uh, markup. These two nominees are going to go through regardless. I don't remember us treating their, their uh, nominees this way. And I, at least I can't remember ever doing that. Really? I'm very disappointed in this type of crap. I mean, this is the most pathetic thing I've seen in my whole time in the United <laughs> States Senate. Really? Really? You can never remember. You did not remember this kind of thing. Uh, on uh, uh, for for Democratic nominees, really, Senator Hatch. So uh, after uh, Senate Democrats had refused to attend votes on those two nominees, uh, we also heard from uh, 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 Senator uh, Pat Toomey. He's a Republican committee member on that same committee. Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania said, "Quote: We did not inflict this kind of obstructionism on President Obama." Really. Mitch McConnell said it is time to get over the fact that they lost the election. The president is entitled to have his cabinet appointees considered. None of this is going to lead to a different outcome, he said. So basically, the Democrats were trying to hold this uh, these two nominations up in committee. And uh, while the Republicans control the committee and while the Republicans could change the rules, they could only do that if they if they voted on it, if the committee voted on it. And the only way that they could hold a vote is if there was one Democrat in that committee. And because they were boycotting, Republicans could not vote to change the rules. So what were their options? Well, uh, according to a couple of experts, a professor of law uh, at Cornell uh, at, at Cornell Law School, Josh Chaffetz uh, spoke about this a little bit uh, a night or two ago on Twitter. He said a motion or resolution to discharge a committee from consideration of a nominee is not the same as a vote on confirmation. So even if the full Congress decided to get better, the full Senate decided to, to, to get together and vote on this nominee, they could not vote up or down a, a majority vote. They would still need 60. Now, the Democrats, when they were in power, they changed the rules because of Republican obstructionism. 
so that presidential nominees other than for the Supreme Court could be passed with a straight up or down vote with a majority, a simple majority of 51. But in order to consider a nominee, it's got to be someone who has received approval by the committee, the committee with jurisdiction, in this case, the Finance Committee for these two. So um, they could not vote on these two in the full Congress unless they were approved by the committee, and the committee could not vote on them at all unless, uh, unless a Democrat showed up or the rules were changed, and they can't change the rules without a vote and in the committee, and it's a vote that they cannot have unless there is a Democrat there. Got it? Does that make sense? Now, what uh, Donald Trump could do is he could recess appoint uh, anyone he wants, any of these people he wants, when the Senate goes on recess. So that's an option to uh, Donald Trump if uh, Democrats succeed in blocking his uh, his nominees, at least his nominees for anything other than the Supreme Court. That's something that Donald Trump could do. That's something that Donald Trump would do. So what are the options if Democrats are going to boycott one of these uh, one of these committees? Well, as I say, uh, the rules could be changed in committee, but only with a vote uh, of that committee or the uh, the Congress itself, the, the Senate. I'm sorry, the Senate itself could vote to change the rules. But that, too, would take at least 60 votes in the full Senate in order to change those rules. Now, Mitch McConnell could take the nuclear option and he could do away with that filibuster altogether for things like committee rules um, and and emotions and so forth. Yes, he could go nuclear on all of these things where the filibuster still exists. Uh, but they can't change it in in the committee. Unless, of course, the Republicans simply decide to change it. Unless they just say, you know what? Yes, we have rules. Yes, we have traditions. But no, we don't care about them. We are going to change the committee rules even without a Democrat uh, present. Well, guess what the Republicans did today in the Finance Committee? According to AP, Republicans jammed two of President Donald Trump's top cabinet picks through the Senate Finance Committee with no Democrats in the room on Wednesday. After suspending a rule that would otherwise have barred them from taking the vote, the tactic seemed a warning shot that they might deploy brute political muscle in the upcoming fight over the Supreme Court vacancy. Oh, do you think? A warning shot, AP? With a near toxic vapor of divisiveness, they write, between the two parties right now across Capitol Hill, nasty showdowns broke out elsewhere as well. One Senate panel signed off on Trump's choice for Attorney General Jeff Sessions only after senators exchanged heated words. Another committee was forced to postpone a vote on the uh, postpone a vote on the would be head of the Environmental Protection Agency. That would be. Scott Pruitt, the Oklahoma attorney general who has sued the Environmental Protection Agency some 14 times, he's been nominated to run the agency at this point. But in the Finance Committee, uh, busting through a Democratic boycott, all 14 Republicans took advantage of Democrats' absence to temporarily disable a committee rule requiring at least one Democrat to be present for votes. They then uh, used two 14-0 roll calls to approve Steve Mnuchin for Treasury 
and Rep. Tom Price of Georgia to be the health secretary, ignoring Democrats' demands that the two nominees provide more information about their financial backgrounds, which they apparently lied to the Senate about. But Republicans do not care. Finance panel chair Orrin Hatch said Democrats should be, quote, ashamed for staying away from this uh, from his committee meeting. He said, I don't feel a bit sorry for them. I don't care what they want at this point. Democrat Ron Wyden, the uh, top of the ranking Democrat on the same committee, said it's deeply troubling to me that Republicans on the Finance Committee chose to break the rules in the face of strong evidence of two nominees, serious ethical problems. That's troubling to you, Senator. You couldn't have seen that one coming. The Republicans in the House, the Republicans in the Senate, the Republicans in the White House have no interest whatsoever in rules, in norms, in traditions, in even laws. They have no sense of right or wrong or they don't give a damn about anything in the U.S. Constitution. They will tell you they do. They will tell Democrats they do. But look at what they do, not at what they say. Look at their actions. The actions uh, today in the U.S. Senate come the day after Donald Trump announced uh, last night his uh, nominee to fill the open seat on the Supreme Court following the death of Justice Antonin Scalia just under one full year ago. Trump's nominee is federal appeals court judge Neil Gorsuch. He's 49 years old. He would be the youngest to be nominated to the court in 25 years. So if confirmed to the high court, he would uh, likely serve for the next 30 years or more. Ian Milheiser over at Think Progress, a constitutional law expert, says Gorsuch's record uh, suggests that uh, he will be a very conservative justice, possibly even to, uh, to, to the right of the late Justice Antonin Scalia. Gorsuch sided against women whose bosses object to birth control in the Hobby Lobby case, he invo- uh, and he invoked an unusual process to try to cut off funding to Planned Parenthood. He's the judiciary's leading proponent of weakening a longstanding doctrine that requires judges to defer to most federal regulation action, to defer to the experts at the agencies when it comes to setting regulations. Uh, Killing that that doctrine, the so-called Chevron doctrine, is a top priority of lobbying groups uh, like the, the Koch brothers. Uh, the conservative Federalist Society. Now, there are some progressives I've seen out there who say that Gorsuch might not be the best nominee that Democrats uh, might be the best nominee that Democrats could hope for under a President Trump. But here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do something here that I don't normally do. uh, But, hey, these are extreme times uh, amidst a chaos presidency. I think they deserve an extreme response in some cases. I don't usually endorse or oppose nominees for office as much as I try to cover them and their positions in hopes of informing the electorate so that you can make a well-informed decision. I may offer my opinions here and there, but largely what I try to do is offer the facts and the evidence so that you can make the best decision. Today, I am not going to do that. I will not be discussing whether Donald Trump's nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court 
is well qualified or where he has stood on this case or that issue or really anything else about him. I won't be covering him in that regard because, in truth, I don't care what his positions are. This is a stolen Supreme Court. This is a stolen Supreme Court seat, a stolen Supreme Court nomination, period. Period. And discussing uh, whether Gorsuch is good on this or bad on this or, hey, he's the best that uh, Democrats might want to, to, to get, to me, none of that matters. I don't care. It's a stolen Supreme Court, and Democrats who don't respond to that fact need to be uh, rallied against, campaigned against, donated against, run out of office. Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley uh, released his response last night after the uh, nomination was announced. I want to read it here in full. Merkley said... The most fundamental thing that must be understood about tonight's announcement is that this is a stolen seat. This is the first time in American history that one party has blockaded a nominee for almost a year in order to deliver a seat to a president of their own party. If this tactic is rewarded rather than resisted, it will set a dangerous new precedent in American governance. Merkley said this strategy to pack the court, if successful, could threaten fundamental rights in America, including workers' rights to organize, women's re reproductive rights, and the rights of ordinary citizens to have their voices heard in elections rather than being drowned out by the corrupting influence of dark money from the richest Americans. The richest Americans, I will add, who spent millions and millions of dollars supporting these Republicans, uh, encouraging them to avoid their constitutional duty— for the past year to advise and consent on President uh, Barack Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, refusing to do their duty. These, uh, these corporations supported this effort with millions and millions of dollars, rewarded these Republicans for doing so. Back to Merkley here. He says, if President Trump were serious about healing the divisions in America and undoing the damage wrought by Senate Republicans last year, he could have named Merrick Garland to fill the seat. Garland, he writes, is a centrist jurist who is respected on both sides of the aisle. Instead, he doubled down on division by picking an ideological and extreme nominee to satisfy the far right. This is a stolen seat, writes Merkley being filled by an illegitimate and extreme nominee, and I will do everything in my power to stand up against this assault on the court. Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon. Anything short of Merkley's position, as far as I'm concerned, concerning the, the Supreme Court, should be disqualifying for any Democrat who ever runs for office, period. It's a stolen seat. And, uh, you know, much like I've over the years, I've supported uh, the worst right wing uh, conservative Republicans for various in various elections when it appeared that they had been screwed in one in one way or another by the electoral process, by the voting machines, etc. And I've supported them anyway, the candidates that I abhor. But they have a right to a free and fair election. This is about democracy. 
This is about democracy. So I've supported those uh, horrible right wingers uh, and, and their right to a fair vote. So I don't care. I don't care what Gorsuch's positions are. And by the way, I don't really even care what Merrick Garland's positions are. Yes, he is centrist um, at best. A little too centrist for my taste, Merrick Garland, uh, Barack Obama's uh, ignored nominee. Uh, but that's the way the process goes. That's the way democracy goes. At least that's the way it used to go in this country. And if you've, you know, if, if you can't remember, if you have no recollection of what the Republicans did uh, and their hypocrisy on this matter, let me play you. Uh, this is uh, here's uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell on how he now hopes that Democrats treat Donald Trump's nominee to the Supreme Court. Apparently, there's yet a new standard now, which is uh, to not confirm a Supreme Court nominee at all. I, I think that's uh, something the American people simply will not tolerate, and we'll be looking forward to receiving a Supreme Court nomination and moving forward on it. What we hope. Would, would be that our Democratic friends will treat uh, President Trump's uh, nominees in the same way that we treated Clinton and Obama. Yes. Uh, the same way that uh, they treated uh, Clinton and Obama's nominees. That's what they hoped that Democrats would do. Really? Is that what you hope? Because the way they treated uh, Obama's nominee to the Supreme Court for the past year was to give him no meetings, to give him no hearings, to do no advising, to do no consenting, to completely ignore him. But yet there was uh, Mitch McConnell here after the election of Donald Trump saying that oh, we hope our, our Democratic friends would treat, pre treat President, President Trump's nominees the same way that we treated Clinton and Obama. OK, well, I guess I agree. By way of reminder, here's Mitch McConnell in 2016, during the year, during the year in which Republicans refused to hold any hearings on Obama's Supreme Court nominee, Merrick Garland. Advice and consent means he gets to send the nomination up. We get to decide whether to act on it. The question is, will he, will he have a hearing and will he be taken up by the Judiciary Committee? He will not be. Uh, people can choose to meet or not meet uh, as they see fit. But this nominee is not going to be considered. We don't have to ask the president for permission. Uh, this is a separate constitutional responsibility of the Senate. The president initiates the appointment. The Senate decides whether or not to consider it at all. What does advice and consent mean? I think the answer is whatever the Senate says it means at any given point. So just to, just to put a button on this, are you ruling it out 100 percent? Yes. 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 Mitch McConnell ruling it out 100 percent in 2016 that he would consider any nomination made by the uh, by the previous Democratic president. And now he can't remember uh, Orrin Hatch can't remember. Pat Toomey can't remember. They can't remember uh, when they ever treated uh, uh, any Democrats nominees with such disrespect as the Democrats are now. Really? John McCain, if you need a reminder, again, John McCain, Senator John McCain of Arizona, in October of last year, before the election, uh, he was talking about uh, when people thought that uh, not us on this program, but people uh, uh, all across the country thought that Hillary Clinton was going to become the next president. 
McCain was stating, along with other Republicans, that they had no intention of even approving Hillary Clinton's nominees to the Supreme Court. This wasn't just about Obama. This wasn't just about Merrick Garland. This was about uh, the majority on the Supreme Court that the Republicans knew they had uh, legally and rightfully lost with the death of Antonin Scalia. Here's John McCain being asked about it in October before the election last year. I promise you that we will be united against any uh, Supreme Court nominee that um, that Hillary Clinton, if she were president, would okay. put up. So they would be united against anyone who uh, who Hillary Clinton put up. The Democrats, uh, unlike the Republicans, uh, should meet with uh, Donald Trump's nominee. They should meet with Neil Gorsuch. They should be kind to him. They should tell him then and there that no matter how qualified he may or may not be, they will not be voting for him because the U.S. Supreme Court has been stolen, period. They can attend nomination hearings for them. They can uh, they should do all of the advice and consent that they should uh, that is required of them by the U.S. Constitution. Unlike the Republicans, get them on record on any uh, any of these things. They should uh, let him know, however, they will not be voting for him no matter what, as they would not vote in favor of any nominee to the court over the next four years or eight years if there's still a Republican president with a stolen Supreme Court, at least unless the nominee is Merrick Garland. President Obama's very centrist, arguably too centrist nominee to the Supreme Court to replace uh, the late Antonin Scalia. They should filibuster, Democrats should filibuster any nominee to this stolen court. That's it. That's the end of the story as far as I'm concerned. Anything else they should be uh, held accountable for with a vote against them at their next election against any Democratic senator who votes in favor of Gorsuch for any reason whatsoever. And so this now is where you come in. This is where democracy comes in, if we still have such a thing in this country. Your senator's phone number. Got a pen? Got something to write on there? Your senator's phone number. Yes, you. Your senator's phone number is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. That's the U.S. Capitol switchboard. They'll put you through to your two, uh, the offices of, uh, of your two senators to tell them that you expect them to not allow a stolen Supreme Court nominee to be voted on, to allow the, the, the Supreme Court to become further stolen, that you expect them to vote against Gorsuch, to, villa, uh, to uh, filibuster Gorsuch. Or you will campaign and donate and vote against them. 202-224-3121. That's in D.C. You can call your senator's uh, local office as well uh, in your own home state. Um, So, you know, uh, yes. How are the Republicans going to respond here? Well, we know how they're going to respond. They're going to go nuclear. They are going to kill the filibuster. And the fact of the matter is, I don't care. 
because they will kill it anyway if they don't get their way. The same thing they've done in these committees where they said, hey, it doesn't matter if the Democrats are going to show up. We're going to put these people through no matter what, no matter if they've lied, no matter if they've broken the law. We're Republicans. We stand together. We don't care. And the Democrats, they're getting a little better, but otherwise they are scared to death. They need to know that you have their back and you can call them and let them know they need to know. Because if they don't, if they uh, don't filibuster uh, Donald Trump's nominee, barring he uh, comes to, I was going to say his senses, but barring he comes to, uh, he finds any bit of uh, reason and comedy inside his addled skull and nominates Merrick Garland. Instead, if Democrats support that, they will be collaborators. They will be collaborators with the Republicans, with Donald Trump and with a stolen U.S. Supreme Court for the next 30 years. Democrats will become enablers for the permanent downfall of any semblance of democracy in this country. And this is no longer even about the moment. It's it's now it's about the future. It's 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 likely now impossible to stop what is coming our way. Uh, for this nation, what has already come, what we have been trying to warn you about for the past, I don't know, I want to say year and a half when it came to Donald Trump, but the past decade when it came to all of this and what Republicans are now doing to this country. It's not a partisan issue. It's about what they are choosing to do, how they are choosing to ignore the rule of law, ignore the Constitution, ignore all norms and traditions to push through anything and everything they can and everything they want and ignore democracy, period. This is now about history and future generations. Will Democrats be on the right side of history? Will you hold them accountable? Am I wrong? Do you disagree? Uh, are you frightened that uh, Mitch McConnell will uh, will do away with the filibuster uh, for Supreme Court nominees? I wonder what good it does if it's not used. Democrats are worried about it. Are you? Am I wrong? Do you disagree? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you if you think I'm uh, right as well. But I, I'll I'll put dissenters at the top. Our phone number here is 818-985-5735-818-985-5735. Five seven three five. A quick break, and we're back with your calls and more on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media. You know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. 
if we end up with the same gridlock that they've had in Washington for the last longer than eight years, in all fairness to President Obama, a lot longer than eight years. But if we end up with that gridlock, I would say, if you can, Mitch, go nuclear. You know, I, I, I heard from uh, from some on Twitter last night, hey, uh, Trump's nominee uh, to the Supreme Court, Gorsuch, uh, he's not that bad. In some cases, he's, he's even less conservative than Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, who the Republicans refused to carry out uh, their constitutional responsibility to advise and consent upon. Uh, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. So I, I heard that uh, last night from... Uh, from some progressives on on Twitter, I, I've heard that uh, some Democratic senators are worried if they filibuster Gorsuch, Mitch McConnell will go nuclear. He'll kill the filibuster for SCOTUS nominees. And we won't have that option to filibuster an even more extreme nominee that Trump might come up with in the event that another seat has to be filled. But of course, if that happened, Republicans would simply kill the filibuster at that time. So what the hell are Democrats thinking? I don't know. You tell me. Tell me where I'm wrong. I'm quite open to that. As usual, our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. If you can't get through, the phones are lit up here. Uh, you can tweet me at the Brad blog. Our friend D.R. Tucker says, agree 100 percent with you and Jeff Merkley on the Supreme Court. Hashtag get lost Gorsuch. Uh, let's go to um, Chanel in Santa Ana. Hey, sh- is it Chanel? Is it, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, it's Chanel like the perfume. And it's actually Fontana, California, which is in the Inland Empire. OK, Fontana. I'm, I'm going to fire Desi Doyen for saying otherwise. Uh, Chanel, uh, w- welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much, Brad. I just so happen to be listening to your show as I'm on my way to go pick up my kids, and I can't help. I had to. I had to call in. I completely agree with you, 110 percent. This presidency was stolen, as well as the Supreme Court nominee that they're trying to get through. His his mother, with her history with the EPA, mm-hmm. him having pictures with Justice Scalia. There's no way in the world they can try to convince people that he's not going to be just like him. They call him a clone. This, this 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 is crazy. I cannot believe this is the United States that I live in right now. Thanks, Chanel. I, I appreciate the call. Drive safely out there. Um, I don't know that uh, the election was stolen by Donald Trump. Uh, I'm very careful before I uh, announce an election stolen, but I will tell you the Supreme Court was stolen, period. And somehow it needs to be stolen back. Mike in uh, Lomita, welcome to the broadcast, Mike. Hi, Brad. Yeah, my uh, reaction to this whole business is that in the first place, Obama should have named Garland Merritt the Supreme Court Justice before he left office, as McConnell had declared that he would not do his constitutional duty. That would have left him no option but to name him in a uh, in a recess appointment. Well, I don't know that it really requires a recess appointment. The leader of the Senate has declared that they will not do their constitutional duty to advise and consent. That leaves it open for Garland Merritt to be a Supreme Court justice. Mm. And if they wanted to fight it, then let the Supreme Court decide. But what I want to say about the current situation is that the Republicans are going against both the Constitution and God. 
because the Constitution requires that them to advise consent on the Supreme Court nomination that Obama made, and God called Scalia home, fully aware that that would give Obama a Supreme Court nomination. So I think we should make that point at every opportunity to Mr. Pence's faction of the party. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate uh, I appreciate that thought uh, and the, uh, the the thought on God's opinion about the Supreme Court as well. Let's go to uh, to Mark in Sherman Oaks. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Hey, great. Uh, yes, I totally agree with you. I was saying that you and Jimmy Doro, I mean, are really the voice of clarity and reason in the station. Uh, you are so right. I think, look, the Republicans then basically disappear after 2008. How did they come back making a big mess of their party? And we have to make a big mess of the Democratic Party because they won't help us. If that's okay. what it takes, I don't know yeah. that they won't help us. I think they can be made to help us the way that Maybe, the uh, yeah, Tea yeah, Party yeah. made the Republicans uh, help them. They did it based on, uh, you know, BS and nonsense and phony facts and everything else because they're so brain addled from the nonsense they get from Fox News and Breitbart and the right wing. But they made them do their bidding. And uh, progressives and Democrats need to do the same, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. But how, what do you think about the fact, and it's good to talk about that on KPFK, of maybe we have to see the big picture and stop to talk on the left about identity politics. Yes, we will take care about your hormone therapy uh, for sex changing with uh, health care in years from now when we have control of the thing. But right now, we have to deal with bigger issues. Uh, uh, to me... yeah. It's just, it's crucial. I appreciate that. I I hear you, and I think that's, for the moment, a debate for another day. I don't want to disparage the way anybody goes about it, uh, frankly. Right now, you know, I think nothing else matters. You stand up now because this, what happens here, is going to affect all of us for the next 30 years. And we can fight about uh, politics and the best way forward uh, on another day. But I I do hear you. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that call. Thank you. Uh, let's get to uh, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. Des, I'm, I'm looking for someone who disagrees with me. If you can find anyone who uh, wants to uh, d- d- tell me I'm totally wrong, I'd love to hear why. Because uh, I'm hearing it from a lot of Democrats in uh, in D.C. Saying, oh, we don't know. We don't want to get away with the filibuster. Andrew in Santa Monica, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yo, Brad, much respect to you and Desi, as always. Thank you. Hey, hey, I think, uh, and, and we need you, keep at it, please. Hey, um, I think Mitch McConnell and some of the Republicans and maybe some of the Democrats as well, I think we're just all a bunch of big fools here in this country. I actually think they're the fools, but regardless of that, they're going to act like big kids, big spoiled brats, and do whatever they can uh, no matter what, whether it's right or wrong, false or true, to get their way. They're big, spoiled brats. And I think the only thing we could do right now is shame them publicly because they deserve it. We should have a public shame out or a public laugh out at what they're doing. Well, that would all make, you know what, Andrew, that would make us feel better, uh, perhaps. 
And uh, But I don't think they care. I don't think they pay attention. I think the only thing they care about is fear that they're going to be voted out of office, which is why I'm telling people, call 202-224-3121 to talk to your senator, to talk to your congress member, to let them know how you feel, to let them know... Uh, that they need to fear you and that shaming and ridiculing and that's uh, funny and we should, I guess, do that. But I think that makes us feel better. That does not necessarily uh, move the ball forward. Uh, but I, I hear you, Andrew. I really do. And I, I appreciate the call. Uh, 818-985-5735. Let me go to uh, George in Gold, California. Hey, George, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for holding. Well, thanks, Brad. I like what... Uh... John Stewart said last night on Colbert, he, uh, he said there's a technical term for what Trump and the Republicans are doing. Unfortunately, I can't say that word on radio. <laughs> yes, please don't. I, I saw the show, but I'm not sure what, what he said the word was. But uh, I, I think, it's, I think yeah. it refers to steaming piles of stuff in meadows. I see. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I, I called, I've been calling my senators, and of course you can't get through to anybody. You just leave messages if you're lucky. And on Feinstein's, I said, you've got to oppose everything. You've got to oppose all the nominees for the Supreme Court. Yeah, this, is, this is your destiny. This is what you were put on earth for, is to oppose this. And, and, and listen, uh, George, there are some, you know, Rex Tillerson, for example, he was, uh, he was confirmed today. The former chair and CEO of ExxonMobil was confirmed to be the nation's 69th Secretary of State. Uh, and uh, there were a lot of uh, votes against Tillerson. What do I have the numbers here? Uh, New York Times reports that um, more more votes than any. Let's see. In the past 50 years, the most contentious confirmations for Secretary of State were those uh, for Condoleezza Rice in 2005. She passed at the time. She was confirmed 85 to 13. And Henry Kissinger in 1973, he was confirmed 78 to 7. Those were the most contentious votes for Secretary of State uh, in, in modern history. And yet today, Democrats did stand up, most of them. The vote for, uh, for Tillerson's confirmation was 56 to 43. That is the closest, I believe, ever in history uh, for for the passage of a secretary of state. So Democrats were standing up, but not all of them. Mark Warner of Virginia, Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, Joe Manchin of Virginia, um, they voted uh, in favor of Tillerson. Now, here's the thing, and the reason I bring up Tillerson in, in this context is because, frankly, um, I think Tillerson is probably the best nominee possible that would possibly come forward from Donald Trump for uh, for secretary of state. And mind you, he was the CEO of ExxonMobil, one of the most horrific companies, uh, you know, in the history of this planet. He knows nothing about the job of secretary of state. And yet I think he's probably the best nominee Democrats are going to get. That said, they should still vote against them. They should still vote against him. They should state on record that they are going to resist, that they are not going to, uh, you know, allow this to happen, uh, even if Tillerson would be the best choice. So I and I think, though, uh, but, you know, I can understand where some might maybe vote somehow for Tillerson. But when it comes to the Supreme Court, when it comes to the next 30 years, absolutely not. Hey, thanks, Brad. 
Thank you, George. Uh, I appreciate the call. Um, all right. Oh, good. Here's a, a, a disagreement. Michael, I think, in Hollywood. Hey, welcome to the broadcast, Michael. I got it wrong, do I? No, no, you have it right, Brad. Oh, damn. Desi, you got it wrong again on the screening. I'm firing you again, Desi. Anyway, Michael, uh, well, uh, I got it right. She, she wrote down that Dems should keep their powder dry and not oh, yeah. filibuster? Yes, on, on this one, you, you, we might think that it, it's just a, a, a replacement for Scalia, who is going to be a conservative anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, as bad as this corporate you know, uh, uh, playboy is for the, uh, for the court, uh, the next one that comes up after perhaps uh, a retirement or uh, a passing would be the most important. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, Michael, big deal. They're going to put somebody more extreme in that in that case. Uh, let's right. say, and and if Democrats block that, they're going to kill the filibuster. Then, so what the hell difference does it make, Michael? Why not be on the right side of history now? Well, because uh, perhaps the next one is the most important side of history. I just think. Uh, uh, giving away all of the cards in your in your hand now might not prove to be the most effective politically uh, mm-hmm. for any senators who are going to vote against him mm-hmm. uh, or for him, right. especially the five you just mentioned who democratically voted for, for Gersuch. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, politically, you know, uh, you know chessboard. I don't know if that might be a better way to set it up is to keep your powder dry on this particular nomination and, uh, you know, kind of go all off the next one. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Michael. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't understand it, but I appreciate the call. And I don't understand, uh, you know, Democrats always want to keep their powder dry for the next one, for the next one, for the next one. So they're not going to fight for this one. So they're going to have a stolen White House. They're going to have a stolen Supreme Court. But next time we want to be available next time. We don't want to impeach uh, George W. Bush. We don't want to stop an unlawful illegal war because of next time. Now is the time. We are, I think, 12 days at this point into the Donald Trump presidency. If it's not clear to observers at this point, there may not be a next time at this rate. This is 12 days in, and this is where we are? Really? And there's something uh, we need to keep our powder dry for? Really? Now's the time. Now's the time. This one's for history. This one, in my opinion, matters. Going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Desi Doyen, Green News Report, and maybe some more calls. I know the lines are filled up. I'm sorry for those I can't get to. Uh, Hang on if you want, and I'll see if I can get to them after the Green News Report. Quick break, and we're back for more. I'm Brad Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back. 
You want to say it, Des? You say it. What, melting for Desi Doyen? Something like that. <laughs> Welcome back. I know. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. All right, let's 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 get right to it. Yeah, we're Maybe running out. We are, as usual. Let's get right to it. Uh, are you ready to go, Federico? Our latest Green News report. And this will be the largest ever cut by far in terms of regulation. President Trump's new two-for-one deal to repeal regulations. It's working out very nicely. While the Muslim immigration ban undermines U.S. leadership in science. Congressional Republicans move quickly to gut pollution and corruption regulations. Plus... And these are the facts. The climate is changing. The temperatures are rising, and so are the oceans. California moves full speed ahead to renewable energy transition. It's like we're in two separate countries. All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Whatever they do in Washington, they can't change the facts. Natural habitats everywhere are under stress. And no place more than right here at your friendly Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, your lead story today surprises me. Of course, we've been talking about uh, Donald Trump's Muslim ban, but... It's having an effect on science? Yes, it certainly is. The Muslim immigration ban is reverberating throughout the international scientific community. Scientific organizations like the American Geophysical Union and the American Association for the Advancement of Science have issued strong statements objecting to the ban, warning Trump it undermines U.S. global leadership in science by hurting America's ability to attract top talent. It's discouraging foreign-born scientists, academics, and scholars from coming to the United States to work and study, and it has already put current scientific research projects in limbo. Well, then I guess Trump is right. This is working out very nicely. Meanwhile, the assault on regulations that protect the environment and public health went into overdrive on Monday when President Trump fulfilled one of his campaign pledges by signing an executive order requiring that for every new regulation, two regulations must be canceled. A regulation you want, the only way you have a chance is we have to knock out two regulations for every new regulation. So if there's a new regulation, they have to knock out two. But it goes far beyond that. We're cutting regulations massively. The content of the regulations to be repealed doesn't matter. A second Trump order also fast-tracks environmental impact reviews of major proposed infrastructure projects like pipelines. Republicans are joining the assault on regulations in the House of Representatives with an obscure law called the Congressional Review Act of 1996. This week, they're voting to repeal new environmental regulations issued in the last months of the Obama administration. The stream protection rule that limits coal mine waste in drinking water sources in coal country. They're also repealing the resource extraction rule that requires fossil fuel companies to publicly disclose how much money they are giving to foreign governments and officials. Plus, House Republicans plan to kill new methane regulations requiring drillers on public lands to fix leaks and capture natural gas instead of flaring it into the atmosphere. And that methane is a far more powerful greenhouse gas than carbon is. It it doesn't linger in the atmosphere as long as carbon does, but it's far more powerful, and the Republicans are given their go-ahead for even more of it. And not only that, studies calculate that the gas industry has legally wasted an estimated one point 
$1.5 billion worth of natural gas from the public's lands, on which they did not pay royalties. Oh, so they don't pay royalties when we see those flares coming out of those fields? They don't have to pay for that? They certainly don't. They just burn it off into the atmosphere and pollute for free? They certainly do. Nice work if you can get it. Worst of all, the Congressional Review Act explicitly prohibits agencies from writing any new rules to replace any part of an overturned regulation ever. The Congressional Review Act requires only a simple majority, so Senate Democrats cannot filibuster the repeal of these regulations. But some good news. In defiance of the Trump administration's gag orders on federal agency social media communications, rank-and-file National Park Service employees have launched numerous alternate Twitter accounts. They're run by rogue employees and verified confidentially by veteran journalists. They are tweeting out scientific facts. Who would have guessed that the park rangers of the National Park Service would be first to step up to resist censorship and defend facts? Good for them. Finally, in California, just minutes after Trump's inauguration, California Governor Jerry Brown released a comprehensive new roadmap for the state to fight climate change, starting with a proposal to invest over $1 billion in electric vehicles, including heavy trucks and buses, and accelerating deployment of a statewide electric vehicle charging network. In his State of the State address, Brown promise to harness California's economic might independent of the Trump administration. We can do much on our own and and we can join with others, other states and provinces, even countries, to stop the dangerous rise in climate pollution. And make no mistake, we're going to do exactly that. Well, as UPS says, what can Brown do for you? Apparently, he can do a whole hell of a lot for the country while uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans are throwing us over a cliff. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us and share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Oh, boy. Uh, My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to uh, all of you who are listening and who called in for uh, during today's broadcast. My apologies to those of you who I could not get to. Phone lines are totally full uh, here, and I'm sorry. I would love to get to everyone. They're also full, I'm told, in D.C., uh, at the Capitol, so call your uh, your your state se- your senator's uh, local state office if you can't get through. But keep calling them. Let them hear you. Make noise. This one matters. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. You can uh, tweet me or find me on Facebook at the bradblog. And you can email me, bradcast at bradblog.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.